Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Larkcast. My name's Tony, and with me today is the Rastafarian Ooh. himself. Good name, man. The Rastafarian. I like that. You don't got no dreads, though. No, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that ship sailed, man, long time ago. People always tell me I should cut my youngest son Eli's hair. Well, some people, some people, you know, they love it. And other people are like, man, you should, you know, you should probably cut his hair. And I'm like, I can't, I'm selfish, vicariously living through it. Can't I thought they it. were saying like harvest his hair for like a wig for you or something. That would be kind of cool, man. Like, you know, if I could pull it off, but I feel like if I went back to like long blonde hair, like when I was young, I'd have to probably get fit again. Mm. You know? kind of helps like to be in shape when you have hair like that yeah you don't need to be walking around looking like mickey rourke you know exactly dude exactly (laughs) like is that is that russ or is that is that like a a young hulk hogan who's moving into (laughs) i saw a thing hogan had a birthday over the hill (laughs) hogan had a birthday recently um all the all the homies, you know, were out there. Mm. King Kong Bundy and um you know, all the they were all out there. Rick Flair. Oh yeah, dude. Big show. Yeah. Yeah, man. He was uh he was something, man. Definitely a big deal where I grew up, just cause that's where he's from. And uh yeah, man, Hulk Hogan, he's like up there with Burt Reynolds and Tom Petty, man. That's like that's like the Florida Trinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably like on one hand, that's like really cool, right? But then like on the other hand, it's like, ooh, is that really like that's our top three? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And you kind of, you know, you find yourself going back and forth on that one. But true yeah, story. I was a big WWF um, fan, you know, being a, a kid that grew up in the nineties, they used to, um, they used to have these WWF, the dolls or, you know, the toys that first came out. You remember this, yeah, they man. were all like, they were like thick rubber. Like mm-hmm. these things weighed like a pound and a half a piece. Yeah, man. You'd knock a, knock a friend out with it, dude. Oh, a hundred percent. But then yeah. the ring, the ring they gave you was this cheap plastic thing. And you would like pull the guys back on the ropes and like try to snap them back. And these toys were so heavy, it would always like tip, it would tip the ring. Yep. So it was like the just the nature of the of the toys and like, you know, the ratio of like weight to the toys to the ring. Like it was just it was just way off. Dude, it was always really frustrating. 
It is. It's like um, it's like the journey of faith, right? It's like following Jesus, like that ratio of the scriptures to life to experience. It's always <laughs> it's always off. Yeah, it just did it. It did it. Didn't work. Um, the ring, <laughs> the ring wasn't robust enough to really allow for you know the play kind yep. of a thing, which kind of leads into this is my pastoral moment. I didn't know, I did not know this was going to be, be, be the illustration. Um, but, um, the, the whole idea of, um, you know, proving that you're a mm-hmm. genuine Christian kind of keeping up with a certain level of performance, kind of that, like that real radical introspection, that yep. some have told us that needs to take place looking at ourselves and really focusing on our love, our works, our faith in order to be suitable to be the kind of believers in the world, whether you want to go the personal piety route of, is there enough love to the missional discipleship route? Is there enough fruit? You know what I'm saying? And like mm. quote unquote, making disciples or whatever, it's it's too fragile of of a paradigm to really allow for the play to really allow yes. for love to take root and if you're just joining us we're kind of like doing a a series of podcasts called yeah but and it's all the pushbacks we get when we just talk about grace and it's unadulterated um speak about grace in an unadulterated way we always get yeah buts and it's like yeah i hear you guys saying like we're free we're free we're free we're free we're free but man in galatians 5 it says you know use your freedom to serve one another in love yeah and we're like well yeah you just brought that up as if it was like you know gotcha bitch you know like exactly. yeah. We, yes we we agree with that in fact <laughs> let's probe this a little farther because it's our opinion that it's only freedom that will truly allow you to do that if it's in yeah. freedom serve one another in love only freedom can get you to really truly do that because only freedom takes your eyes off of yourself, your track yeah. record, your earning, your radical introspection, and put your eyes onto others. So it frees you from the madness of right the the um the spirituality, the Christianity mm-hmm. that's always saying, like, well, are you is this true saving faith? Right. If I'm always having to focus on my faith being true and saving, then all my works, all my performance and all my efforts will forever be about proving myself. So at the end of the day, who am I really serving? Yeah. In Romans, you know, the apostle Paul says for that, which is not perceived from faith is sin. Okay. It's uh, a lot of scholars would say it's the most radical indictment of human virtue and all of, and all of scripture. 
So whatever you do, no matter how great and polished and beautiful it looks, no matter how many likes it gets, if it is not, if, if it's not flowing out of trust, okay, in Jesus, out of being lost in Jesus, then it is ultimately about you. It's, it's sin. It's self-reliance. In other right. words, it's another mechanism for which you go about justifying yourself in the name of, right? doing good. But mm -hmm. I think what we have to realize is within the faith community, within the Christian community, that's ultimately what we're being taught. Like in the name of, of, of faithfulness, you're actually faithless. Seriously, our, our, what we're calling faithfulness is faithlessness. And it goes right into what you were just talking about. This faith that's in Jesus sets you free from this endless project of self. Mm -hmm. It actually leads fully into everything you're talking about in Galatians. But because we get fixated on faith and preserving it and perfecting it and performing in it. Right. Well, now the story is all about you. Yep. And, you know, we see, we hear it all the time. I mean, like, what story are you writing? Write a better story, you know? And I'm like, it sounds good, but. It's in, I mean, it's appealing. Don't get me wrong. I hear it. And I, I get the whole story thing. You just have to be cautious because, you know, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, there's like, find, find the freedom that comes with getting lost in me. Mm -hmm. People who have been to the electric chair aren't writing better stories. Mm -hmm. They're not ambitious. They're actually just free falling in the freedom that's found in Jesus and just joining in whatever God's doing today. Yeah. It's very, very different. Well, and too, like even when we, um, you know, it, it's been pretty popular to talk about, you know, the gospel in like a meta narrative way, you know, like we started in Eden, it was lost and Jesus came down, he lived, died and rose again. And then now we're kind of like, you know, we're being redeemed, you know, to head back to, you know, Eden, you know, so to speak. And we talked about this in a previous episode that that's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like the, um, the cage soul, like the platonic version of, of the gospel that Jesus comes down as like a empowering mm -hmm. person to get us back to, um, the beauty of Eden, the, um, the innocence of Eden, Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the focus is really kind of like we're we seem to be the like the main character and like getting back is like the goal. Um, and in that scenario, you know, talking about story. It, you're sharing the gospel in a like a story or like a narrative sense, but it seems to be that we're the central figure and God, Jesus is kind of like helping us get back there. Yeah. But the, the cross demands that it be its own story that you get lost in it, that you yeah. have nothing that you have. It just demands that it's its own story, that it's cruciform. It's crucified. Um, And so like, dude, are, are like, are you getting folded into his story or is he kind of like helping you navigate yours? And so being yeah. lost, lost in Jesus. Um, you know, being, having, having an understanding that it's, that everything flows down from him. And then mm -hmm. if there's anything that moves after that, 
it keeps flowing down and outward, not back up. Um, which is the whole argument with, you know, the faith without works is, you know, dead sort of thing. Mm. And, um, cause Good we point. get that one a lot. We get that one a lot too. And in James, when that gets brought up, the scenario is it's like the most easiest serve your neighbor scenario in the history of the world. <laughs> right. Um, it's a, it's a brother at your door who's cold and needs a little bit of food. And what James is saying is like your faith, like you get discourses on the gospel, your personal doctrinal statement, you know what I'm saying? Like what, you know, how you see the world and the scriptures and all that kind of stuff. It's just not going to put food in that dude's belly and put a shirt on this guy's back. Yeah. So to this guy, your faith is, is dead. It doesn't do anything, but we have to understand a couple of things. One, James isn't saying world hunger is at your door. It's just a brother. Right. I remember this one time we were kicking it at my house for a St. Patty's day party. And this, we got this, you know, knock at the door. It was this, this girl, like she was in a truck with her asshole boyfriend. Literally they got into a fight and he like kicked her out of the, kicked her out of the truck while the truck was moving. She thought she broke her wrist. She was crying. She was like distressed. Like we were the only mm. house on the block with like lights on. And she could see people inside. And she knocked on the door. My, my buddy Brandon was like, where's this dude? I'm going to kick his ass. You know, he's just <laughs> one of those like Peter dudes. Like he's just going to grab a sword. Like, let's go get this dude. And of course we're like, you know, called the ambulance and they came and, you know, of course there was some domestic stuff. So, you know, she yeah. reported that and, and all that. And it was just like, yeah, when someone's at your, your door in, in distress, like, I don't need, I don't even think that that's even like exclusively like a Christian thing to like help someone like that. I think what he's just proving a point of like, dude, like all your doctrinal statements, all this like lofty conversation, all this like idea mm -hmm. of faith, like there's just a simplicity of, of just loving, you know, a brother loving a neighbor. Yeah, it makes me think of uh that that show Entourage. I forget which season it is, man, but there's that director in there, the crazy dude, Billy Walsh. I who... haven't seen the show. Okay, so I'll just make it quick then here. So Billy, you know, he's this crazy director, and I mean he's like a wild character, man, but he comes back later on in the in this, you know, these seasons. And he's clean, he's sober, he's you know. He's now married, and they're like, "You're married?" He's like, "Yeah, and I've got kids." They're like, "You've got a kid?" He's like, four. And they're like, "Wait, what? Well, you've only been gone for like two and a half years." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, set of Irish twins and a set of actual twins." And um, because man, I found the love of my life, and man, we just really thought we could live on love. But that, and, but he says this line. He goes, he goes, but we found out that kids can't eat love. Mm. I need a job. It's just, I'm just saying, like, it's just that simple. It's There's just someone simple. at your door that's in need. This isn't something you're going to tweet about or post or make a video on. It's help someone at your door because mm -hmm. your personal beliefs in Jesus, although 
amen. They're what allow you to enjoy the reality of freedom found in the God who made and loved and holds you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're of no value to the person at your door who's hungry. So yep. just feed them. Yep. But again, like you said, man, people take that and turn it into like, well, what do you guys mean by freedom? Are you use your freedom to serve people? Because you know, faith without works is dead. And it's like, man, you just rattled together a number of verses that you just took way out of context. And by the way, um, we know that it says use your freedom <laughs> for good. That's yeah. the beauty and the joy of being free, dude. This isn't a, oh, crap, man. I got to go, <laughs> you know, I got to jump back into the machine of institutional church now because I'm enjoying <laughs> my freedom too much. It's like, come on, man, stop. That's not even, that's not even what it says. It's not even what it says. And again, like there must be, there has to be a culture of freedom because we are so obsessed and absorbed with ourselves. Mm. Um, And again, like to bring up it, I think it's very easy for church folks to think of, of selfishness and the love of self as only expressing itself in rebellious ways or going off and just fulfilling yourself with like the world, you know? Yeah. And when we yeah. think of the world, we primarily think of the world as just the rebellious nature, the indulgence, the hedonism of all the vices of the world. But one of my biggest ahas from the John series. And then even Travis uh, posted um, the verse in, in first Corinthians two, where he says, where's the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made the, the wisdom of this world foolishness in light of the cross. And in there, he calls both the teacher of the law, the Jews, the religious institution, and the Greeks, the philosophers of the age, he calls them both the wisdom of the world. Yeah. And so to not see that that selfishness, that self-absorption, it expresses itself in spiritual, um, you know what I'm saying, churchy, moral yeah. ways too. And I, I just feel like we've said that, but I feel like we have to keep saying it because we think if there's a veneer, just because it has a veneer of some Bible verses or it happens right. inside of a church or it happens inside of a discipleship culture that all of a sudden like, oh, yo, this is a Jesus thing. And it's like, yeah. no, dude, you've just slapped a nice biblical and theological veneer over literally self-absorption, radical yes. introspection, where you're constantly needing to prove and improve, improve yourself improve yourself and that's that that's not the freedom that paul's talking about in galatians 5 at all no no the you you there's a better story that you need to write and you need to get busy writing it life short sort of mentality um gets dragged into the church culture all the time and what we're calling uh faith is just it's religion you're um you're talking about breeding narcissism here we're, we're calling it uh, faithful and, and self-forgetful, right? Beautiful. But it's like, no, this is self-absorbing narcissism 
under the banner of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the parables, the way Jesus tells it, um, none of this, none of this gets brought into the kingdom. In fact, everyone who was trying to get to the winner circle and hold up a good resume winds up on the outside at the end of every single one of the stories that Jesus unpacks about the kingdom of God. Right. The person who says, I have no resume to hold up. I've been lost in the life of Christ who now is my life. Mm -hmm. And in that freedom, I'm learning yep. to not just enjoy freedom, but to serve out of this freedom. Um, that's, that's the opposite, right? And so I think what we need to just kind of learn is we need to train ourselves. And when we see things under the banner of Jesus, you almost need to start looking at like, like just follow the rabbit trail of it. You know what I mean? Go down, go down the tree trunk to the roots, look at the motivation in something. It can sound really, uh, oh man, this is faithful until you get in and go, no, actually this is faithless. Yep. So this is done out of no faith. Yeah. Just so you, I mean, just so you hear this from us, um, you know, dude, love is love has come down from above. We're born from above. Um, because I have interacted with, I've been awakened to, um, the love of God in Christ. It's just a work of him to put that love deep, deep down in our hearts. And I think that that's just the mark of his kids is you have a, the spirit in you. That's just constantly pushing those places, man. You know, where we're just being selfish. He's constantly yeah. nudging us towards love, towards reconciliation, towards encouragement, um, towards, you know, passing on what he's really like to others. It's the fruit of, of him. He's already at work doing that. The love of God is, is in us. And um, yeah, man, we like, I just embrace that and encourage that and know that. And if mm. you try to muddle that, like what was happening in Galatians, if you try to muddle that with law and performance, you're going to screw it all up. Yeah, man, it really does get lost. It's so true. And please, you know, I would just want to say this to everybody listening in. Um, don't hear us say, like, be gun shy and, you know, and constantly, you know, question every motive and spend your life in this analysis, the paralysis of analysis, right? Yeah. Which is really easy to do. Am I doing this for the right reason? I don't know. I want to really help this homeless guy, but maybe it's coming out of a place of religion. Nope. Forget it. I'm just going to you know, say it's like, yeah, like, no, that's not that's not what I think Paul's revealing here i think he's inviting us into what jesus has revealed which is to get lost in the life of christ yeah because the and beginning to, go ahead just to watch freedom become the means instead of the end freedom isn't something you're moving toward freedom is something you already have yes let that be the means mm -hmm. of just Lord, what are you doing today? Just like Jesus, Father, what are you doing today? Yeah. And just enjoy stepping into whatever it is, however mm -hmm. messy it is. And just find that freedom that you don't need to make much of it. You don't need to turn it into something grand. It doesn't need to go viral. Um, in fact, uh, 
if it's if it's of Jesus, it probably won't ever go viral. Um, yeah, yeah. Let it just be that simple. Let it be that simple. And you 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 mentioned that pre-show about it, you know, not being you know an end and not being a goal. And we usually talk about freedom. The only time I heard freedom was this idea of like freedom, freedom from sin. And what we meant was like the practical nature of like being free from the power of sin, meaning I start to like, you know, sin less practically, meaning I don't keep stepping in this freaking like hole, you know, I don't keep yeah. like just like that sheep, yep. you know, in that uh, video. Viral zigzag video, you pull him out of the, you know, the trench and he just jumps right back into Ooh. it, you know, like. <laughs> I always thought freedom. Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be free when I stop like doing, you know, these things, but in the passage, Galatians five thirteen, freedom's a given chapter five, verse one starts off where for the sake of freedom, you've been set free mm-hmm. for the sake of freedom. You've been set free. Use this freedom not to focus on yourself. And I can't help, but think that Paul has, those teachers from James church who came down, who were muddying the, the grace filled waters, you know, Mm -hmm. the free waters of what the spirit brought about by faith with performance. And he was, and he, what he's saying is dude, all that's going to do is just cause you to look at yourself. It's that thing is not going to get this love right? This culture of grace or what grace can produce in a community and in friendships, you're not going to get there because you're going to be constantly dotting I's and crossing T's of your own story. Yeah. And we speak from experience. I have lots of years (laughs) of living under the tyranny of what am I doing and what others around me are doing. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Exhausting. And as much as we try to convince ourselves that, well, man, like the life of following Jesus is hard, man. That's why it's exhausting. It's like, no, no, it's exhausting because you're working in opposition to reality. That's why it's exhausting. It's not exhausting because you're digging, you know, a fence, man, for your neighbor who's, you know, got hurt on the job man this 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 is very different mm-hmm. so let freedom be the means yep instead of the end because that's what it is cheers to that yeah man till next time till cheers. next time